Hey there, I'm Becky, and welcome to Literary Escapes with me, Becky. Today's episode is an author interview that I did in my membership book club, Literary Escape Society. If you enjoy hearing the behind-the-scenes story about your favorite books, you might want to join the Literary Escape Society. There'll be a link in the show notes if you'd like to check it out. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Literary Escape Podcast. Today I'm sharing with you one of the interviews I did in the Literary Escape Society. This is with author Elizabeth Thompson. She wrote Lost in Paris. So let's jump right into my interview with her. First off, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. We thank have, you for having me. We really enjoyed this book. It was it was a really fun book to read for our Paris month. Thank so you. Thank you for uh, thank you for putting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> On, My pleasure. Elizabeth was just telling me that this is the first time she has written under the name Elizabeth Thompson. Because I was trying to figure out why I couldn't find more books by her. So tell, tell, I guess, everybody a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Oh, I don't mind at all. Um, I have actually published 46 books, and um, all of them with traditional publishers. I've got a, a, my first attempt at, at indie public, excuse me, indie publishing coming up soon with Becky and I were talking about that, and I'll tell you about that later. But I have written romance and cozy mysteries under the name Nancy Robards Thompson, and just as a kind of, as a setting apart, um, almost like a more of a branding thing, my publisher and I decided to go with Elizabeth Thompson for my um, dual timeline women's fiction. Now I have written some women's fiction under Nancy Robards Thompson too. And I wrote another one called With Violets, which is, it's histor- it's, it's based on historical facts of the, in the 19th century, in 19th century Paris, actually, with sort of the missing pieces painted in. So it's, it's you know, historical, factual fiction, <laughs> if that makes sense. Okay. And that was I- under Elizabeth Robards. And those are all kind of configurations of my name. <laughs> so <laughs> so I'll get a little anything. piece of you. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was telling Elizabeth about how we started this book club. And I started reading books intentionally that took me to different places. And places that I would like to go, you know. And so I decided to expand it so that I wasn't reading the books by myself and started the Literary Escape Book Club. That's nice. Yeah. But so we have this book club now, the Literary Escape Book Club, and every month I choose a new setting and we have two books that are thrown out there that people can read or not. And we usually have an author that joins us. And so thank you again for joining us today. This is a pleasure. Thank you for having me. This is, it's, it's a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah. This is one of the beautiful things I think about COVID is that it has gotten us so used to Zoom meetings and Zoom way of communicating. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so much easier for authors, I would think, to go visit book clubs. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. Instead of doing the traditional book tour, I think this is sort of becoming a new sort of almost a new norm, I think, or, or at least some in addition to, you know, going and doing, you know, book tours in in person. So yeah, right. That's a silver lining, maybe. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, for us, Mm -hmm. we are all in different places. And so it's really cool to be able to have a book club of people that are not all in the same place. And Exactly. I enjoy that. So 
Yeah. So that's, that's, so that's kind of how we came about. And um, Great. when I was looking for books for Paris, I, I noticed that there were several books that kind of all were on that theme of the discovered apartment. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and somebody had found, I think it was Penny had found that that was a real thing that it, an apartment had been discovered. Madame de Florian was her name and it was it was wild I mean it was just actually absolutely a like a time capsule when they opened the doors and they still don't know how it kind of went under the radar for all those all these years I have been I've been fascinated and that that was actually the kernel of the idea for for the story but I have kept sort of kept an eye out you know in doing research uh, internet research mostly on it and at first there wasn't much except for the photos have you all seen the photos of the apartment yeah you know with um there's a it's just it's it's wild there it, it really is like it's just waiting for somebody to come back but a lot had been done um a wonderful author michelle gable actually did a story about madame de florian and and you know kind of filling in the missing pieces okay. like i did with my other book with violets but i didn't want to retell that story um because it had already been told several yeah. you know se several times actually but i thought you know if I sort of, this is, I think the kernel of most author stories is what if, you know, what, what if, and I was like, you know, surely if there was one apartment, could there be others? Ooh, <laughs> you yeah. know, could there, could there be others out there that, you know, that, that mm. have been undiscovered? So I started thinking, and I also, this, the story sort of came together as like bits and pieces of some ideas that I had, um, and, and it just, it, it was just wonderful how it all, it all, it all fit together. So that's a, you know, that it was, it was something, but yeah, it did. It's, it, it st started, it was inspired by Madame de Florian. And then okay. I sort of took it in, off into a different direction. That's fun. Yeah. That's, I chose yours because specifically you had your main character, Hannah was a book lover and started it and she does these Jane Austen tours and in, in London or in uh, England, in the UK. And we had read Pride, no, yeah, Pride and Prejudice earlier mm -hmm. this year. And so oh, I thought fun. that was just kind of a nice, <laughs> a nice full circle <laughs> for us. <laughs> and yeah. so that was why I chose yours because I had been oh, looking at, you. there's like two or three other ones out there. And I'm like, oh, I really you. like the way this one sounds, you know, it's a, it's a book lover. We got to read that one. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I had a lot of fun actually researching the Jane Austen tour and seeing like what would be possible for us for a six day sort of tour. And I had the idea that Hannah, you know, I think as most book lovers, you know, we, I, I love to escape in books. That's been my, my mainstay through COVID actually that mm. and research, you know, research for my writing, but just being able to you know, fall into a book and escape maybe for a little bit. What's, you know, the, the ugliness of, of things that are going on out there. Mm -hmm. So, but I also thought, you know, I don't know, this, um, <laughs> this is, um, I don't know if you remember the, the name of that, the, the punk group that her mother followed around the squelching wellies that came up, that name came up separate from even before I thought about this, um, somebody had 
talked about, I think it was some festival, some music festival in the UK. And, 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 I, and a, a reporter talked about the sound of squelching wellies. And I was like, that sounds like a, like a punk group, a squelching wellies. Yeah. <laughs> so I had sort of filed that away too. And, um, and then I liked, I, I wanted to play with sort of the juxtaposition or the, the, you know, the juxtaposition, the turnaround of what if the daughter was, was more the adult than the mother? And, and also, so Hannah hides in her books. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, where Hannah helped to ground Marla, Marla helped to kind of pull Hannah out into the real world. And, and, and she was much, she, you know, sort of looking at things, she realized that she was stuck. She loved doing what she was doing. She was good at leading the Jane Austen tours, but she really hadn't expected to be there doing that that long but yeah. she you know as I think as we all know it's like sometimes just like you wake up and wow you know, how here. did I get here <laughs> <laughs> so. and I think Hannah probably needed the structure that she created in her life exactly because it was because lucky. of how she grew up exactly exactly you know Graham her grandmother provided a good a real good um foundation for her and I drew a little bit um a little sort of sort of in a different direction but um I lost my mom early Uh, you're never ready as you know you're never ready to to say goodbye but um my mom was my grandmother's only child and so she and I sort of filled that she was more like a mother to me and um and while my mom was nothing like Marla please don't (laughs) she was a wonderful wonderful mom um but um you know so my my grandmother and I kind of filled kind of that that void yeah for each other so this is sort of an homage to 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 my grandma grandma. too oh that's nice that's a nice thing to come out of a lousy situation huh yeah yeah a sad situation so let's back up for just a second. Um, when did you first become an author and how? Oh, oh my goodness. Um, and if you've read, if you've written 46 books, I'm guessing it's been a little while. <laughs> it has, it sure has. Um, I sold my first book in 2002. It was published in 2003 and I sold it to a small press and it was a women's fiction. It was more, um, chiclet was big at the, at the time. And, and it was fun. It was actually set in Orlando. It's called Reinventing Olivia. And it's under Nancy Robards Thompson. Okay. But prior to that, I belonged to, well, actually, um, I, my degree's in journalism. So I worked as a reporter for, for a number of years um, and hated it. I have to be honest. I just, I, I'm not one for asking the hard questions or, you know, just, it just wasn't, it wasn't. I actually covered, I worked for the Osceola News Gazette in, in Kissimmee. And wow. covered Kissimmee City Government, which was actually kind of fun. It was, it was you know, got it was Disney super, right there. So yeah, <laughs> I covered tourism and so forth. But um, I skipped over to um, I, I changed positions um, and went to or changed jobs. Actually, went to the Orlando Business Journal, and I just wasn't having fun. <laughs> It's a great publication, but it was like, oh my gosh, I just found myself kind of dreading going to work. You know, Friday would come along and I'd be like, yay. And then Sunday would roll and I'd be like, oh, don't make me go there. You know? <laughs> I was covering banking and finance and I knew nothing about banking and finance, but it was like learning on the job. And anyway, so um, I started thinking, I've, I had always loved to write. Another thing that kind of is a nod to, this will tell you, it was almost like a patchwork of, of things in, um, in Lost in Paris was my best friend growing up, her name was Callie, and she and I used to pass a notebook back and forth with an ongoing story. Okay. And 
I wish I, I, you don't know what I would give to, to have those notes, notebooks that some, you know, over the years they, they, they were lost. Oh. So, so, so I always knew that I, you know, loved doing that. It, it had never occurred to me to write fiction or to try to try to write fiction to sell it, but I subscribed to Writer's Digest magazine and I, one day there was an interview with Nora Roberts in there and she was extolling the virtues of the Romance Writers of America. And she said, even if you're not interested in necessarily writing romance, it's just a great organization to belong to because it, it puts you in touch with editors and agents and, you know, you, you learn how to craft novels and, and any really, no matter what the genre is, a good work of commercial fiction has certain elements that, that, that are universal. So right. I credit RWA with, with my being published because awesome. I got to meet, and I got to read it, meet industry professionals and, and so forth. And, but I won their golden heart, which was their unpublished contest in 2002. Wow. Because, okay. because of that, I got my agent and my agent then went on to sell my, my first book. And, and so, and then it was just all kind of history from, from there, just all, you know, just, went yeah. on. But, but it took me, um, it took me a good, cause I started in 97. I started really deciding that I wanted to, to write for a publication okay. and it took me from 97 to 2002 to actually sell a book. Okay. And by that time I had completed, I think I sold my, my, I sold my fourth book, my fourth book that I had. And okay. the first, the first two didn't sell. The third one, which was the one that won the Golden Heart, eventually sold. It became a, um, a, a title called Sisters, which was okay. which um, is um, very still near, very near and dear to my heart. And um, and then I just kept writing. <laughs> That's awesome. And so you said that you do. You kind of hit a lot of different genres. You said you do some um, contemporary fiction, mm -hmm. cozy mysteries. Yes. Contemporary romance was that one of them? I uh, yes, contemporary romance, okay. contemporary romance, contemporary and historical women's fiction and cozy okay. mysteries. Nice. Okay, and those are Thank all you. under um, Nancy Roberts Thompson. Um, but I am I'm really enjoying the uh, the dual timeline women's fiction, which is Elizabeth Thompson. And so mm -hmm. my next piece that I'm working on is is under is an Elizabeth Thompson book. And that's so, going to be and I another dual. Another, yes, a dual. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so. so just out of curiosity, when you write a dual timeline, do you write each timeline separately and then figure I, out how to fit them together? Or? I, I plotted them separately, but in writing, I'm a, everybody's, if you, you know, you talk to 10 authors and they probably will have 10 different, different methods of how they come to right, yeah. finishing a book. Um, I'm a sequential writer, not saying that I always write in sequence, but this book, I tried to have, I don't know if you'd say the historical inform the present day or the, the present day inform the historical, but I tried yeah. to sort of have some little bit of like a connection there to the next, yeah, and to the each next one passage. kind of pushed the, net, the yes, other one yes, forward exactly. a little bit yeah right and push push the storyline so I wrote it in um in pretty much in sequence and okay. you know kind of thinking okay here is where I would like to mm -hmm. the one thing I did do is I thought that it needed to be probably two-thirds and my publisher and I figured this out but that it probably needed to be about two-thirds 
contemporary and a third historical. That okay. balance seemed to work, especially since it was the diary, you know, the diary entries was how we um, came into Ivy's point of view and her life and, yeah. and, and all. So what kind of research were, had you done on the story? Oh my goodness. Um, it was a lot of fun. I, um, my dad, years ago, my dad was in the Air Force. So we actually lived in France and England oh. for, for a short period of time. So I was familiar with, um, I was young, I was very young, but kind of familiar with the flavor. And then my husband and I have been, um, you know, overseas before, obviously pre-COVID. Right, um, yeah several times. So I sort of took, I had the, it, when I write about an area, it's very important to me that I know like the, the, the texture of the place that I'm writing about and the, um, the smells and the, you know, just, 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 there's yeah. a certain vibe, I guess you'd say, uh, you know, to, to each place. And that's su super important to me. And I think that, that that helps to make, for me anyway, for my process, it helps to make the story three-dimensional. I end up doing so much more research than, I, than ever goes into the book, but I almost feel like I have, to, I have to have that. So it was kind of twofold because I did have to, you know, of course, research like Hannah's tour, since the majority of, of Hannah's, what we see on Hannah's tour takes place in Bath. I actually got on this is like the best one of the best tools that I think I found out for myself for this for, for during COVID is you can get on um, Google Maps or Google Earth and go down to Street View and you could actually walk now I don't sometimes it's dated you know what I mean but you yeah, get an yeah. idea of okay this but in a place like Bath you know usually like Sally Lenz is, is still going to be there you know right I mean? right so, yeah so um, it would be very sad if that one wasn't still there uh, yeah Exactly. And the Thermae Bath Spa and so forth. So right. you could see like, well, what would happen? You know, like where where would be a likely place for her to, you know, to, to see um, Aiden, the, the, the Scott, who she, you know, who yeah. she. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. This was so enjoyable. Thank Thanks for joining me today on the Literary Escape podcast. If you enjoy hearing the behind the book story, then join me in the Literary Escape Society. We are a community of travelers who love books, or maybe book lovers who love to travel. Either way, if you need an escape, a literary escape, come join us as we read our way around the world together, one book at a time. Check out the show notes to learn more about the Literary Escape Society. And we'll see you next time on the next episode.